my mouth hurts. Does it? Mm. Well, that's not good for recording a podcast. No. Mm. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> this is going to be confusing, both mm. when I'm editing it and possibly for anybody listening, mm. because... Our dad can't tell our voices apart, so we don't expect anyone else to. Because <laughs> I'm recording with my twin sister, Shelley, today. Hello. Hello. I've got <laughs> sister sledge in my head. Oh, because oh, of the, the name of the thing that yep. we'll get to. Yeah, right. Uh, Shelley's on Twitter at Shellity, which is, it's a sounding word. Mm. Mm. <laughs> The one at, at to, we, you get it yeah 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 we've been looking forward to this for quite a while but we've had a bit of a weekend because it was our birthday during the week yeah uh so we decided that we should also do this and because we're family mm. we're going to talk about a reasonably relevant cult The family. The <laughs> family brackets the, the close brackets. <laughs> if you're looking it up in a card catalogue, for example. Yeah. I presume I would have put it edited in some music there somewhere. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, where is the cult from? It started in, around, in and around Melbourne. In Australia. In, We're doing an Australian, Australian one. Australia. Australia. Perhaps, I should, perhaps I should put on my woi woi voice. Your yeah, woi woi voice. And do it in Australia. You could say I've had voy, some voy, wine. Voy, voy voice with a German accent. So your voy voy, 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 your voy, voy voice. The main. So yes, these are a Victorian cult. These are a Victorian these, cult. Them are. They know how to talk. And the main person in this cult. I mean, there's quite a few people, but is it fair to say that the main person is a horrible, evil bitch? I th- I think that's fair. <laughs> Anne Hamilton Byrne, and she would I think she would argue with anyone who said there were other people involved with this cult. I think it was Anne Hamilton Byrne, et al. and underlings. Yes, she was very much about her image. So I like taking yes. every opportunity to undermine her her obsession with her image. Yeah. and she was born as a ginger, and her name was Evelyn Edwards. Evelyn Grace Victoria Edwards. That's a bit excessive. It is, but there's been... Eggvy. She's all about sure. changing names. Eggvy, yes. Or I like to call her Evil Patsy Stone. Oh, yes. 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 She's, I mean, she's terrible, but she's also fabulous. Oh, there's no denying. Because no. this woman, because she was so, so very much about appearances, you know, there's no simple understated floral bonnet for Anne Hamilton Byrne. No. There's a massive, you could move a family into it in Sydney at these prices, overflowing bouquet hat. Yes, with a range of wigs under it. Yes, the only thing she was really short on style-wise was a reasonable hairline. Yeah. That yeah. thing marched back and back and back. Yeah, but her glasses got bigger and bigger and bigger, so her, <laughs> the relative forehead space available stayed the same. <laughs> it's amazing she just didn't advertise on that thing. Look, yeah. I don't judge people by appearances unless they're horrible cult leaders. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's a good life. In which case, all bets are off. Yeah. <laughs> in my boy boy voice, in, in for a penny, in <laughs> for a pound. That's right. For, as an example of how much she cared about looks, mm. On the morning when um, some the long arm of the law turned up yep. to take her away. Spoiler, but, you know, yeah. we already know she's a cult leader, so the and odds can, are good. You can chop and change what I say oh, with the, mag- the magic of technology. just like a lot of work. Um, on the morning that police came for a visit, she wouldn't leave the house until she'd done a full makeup and hair. I like that they didn't let her. Uh, yeah. yeah, I know. I don't say this about many people, but... Anytime Anne Hamilton Byrne is unhappy, I'm, I'm happy. happy. And the police person that didn't let her put on some lippy, I'd like to buy them a beer. Yes. Because <laughs> Anne, as we're about to explain, mm. was more upset about being seen in public without a wig and some lippy than she was about 
Oh, destroying children's lives. Yes, or feeding them. Yes. Mm. Oh, you can go quite well on two tiny serves of vegetables a day. And, and a small beating. Yes. <laughs> For dessert. Oh, beetroot, maybe. I think that it's quite possible to spend some of your time in childhood, and there's probably examples of this, in an orphanage, uh, being extremely working class, mm. and not turn into a megalomaniacal narcissist mm. but there's some thing there's a combination of things in Anne's childhood that sort of gave a wink and a nod to her future borderline bonkers yes for genetically I mean her mother was spent a lot of time in and out of um, mental health institutions although we're talking we we're talking like 30s and 40s yes because Anne's she's nearly 100 years old yes so So, her mother mm. I mean well they were called asylums at the time and they treated Mm. uh mental illness with the light gentle touch that you could that you can expect from in a place called an asylum you know padlocks and things yes I assume padlocks and just keep them away from nice society yeah so as an example she did um oh in the 1920s Florence, Anne's mother, mm. set her hair on fire in the street. It's not, unless she's perhaps selling used cars, mm. it's not the kind of attention you want. And I think with all due respect, are you familiar with the expression all over the place like a mad lady's shit? I'm pretty an, sure they, they like... use Florence as a model for that. <laughs> yes. But yes, and Anne's dad was, uh, to put it nicely, he was itinerant. Right, right. He was kind of absent, so Anne spent a little bit of time in uh, uh, in an orphanage. Even though both her parents were alive, they weren't good parents, Mm-mm. which kind of oh, became a theme, didn't it? Yeah, but she, any time she was telling the story of her childhood, it was all one of you know love and privilege and silver spoon yes, everywhere, yes. and that her mother had a guru. I'm not even sure if her mum did have a guru or not, because there's a lot of what Anne is talked about that you just sort of go really i'd venture to say that he wasn't very helpful no no but a mum used to you know talk with dead people and things yes so the apple didn't fall far from the tree in that respect and i know then and sort of got into spiritualism which was very fashionable at the time it was because by the time she was old enough to get married we're talking 50s and late 50s early 60s so yeah quite a bit of cachet around but not much cash. No, spiritualism. But I've got a Mm-mm-mm. bit of a, a bit of a laundry list of the lies that Anne used to tell. It's um, on different days, her children were descendants of King David, or she herself was descended from French aristocracy. Mm-hmm. Um, and she'd tell people that she used to be a celebrated opera singer, or that she was trained in psychiatry and physiotherapy. Right. Which a great combo. Very, <laughs> very <like> relaxing. <laughs> Uh, and her father was mates with millionaires and her mother hung out with Tibetan gurus. Mm. Um, it, it's bullshit, really. Yes. Mostly. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like, really, um, bullshit with really nice hair. Just, she was she was a fashionable lady. Yeah. And she was just very, I mean, a lot of her power came from not only looking fab, but being extraordinarily charming. She just had real magnetism. Yes. And, I mean, I suppose a lot of cult leaders do. But people would just fall in love with her, men and women. Absolutely. And people said she had one of those faces. I mean, it turned out, because she also liked plastic surgery, it turned out she had maybe five or six of those faces. Yes, yes. Each one a little bit higher up than the last. But her, um, her eyes could see straight through your soul till they hit your wallet. We've got a girl that was perhaps not overly blessed with parental love and attention, Mm -hmm. who had aspirations well above her working class background. Yes. Who liked a bit of mysticism. Yep. And a bit of, and this answers the age-old question... A bit of yoga. Oh, so yoga is where it started. 
Because she would like so. to, yeah, she knew that bored housewives in the suburbs that she aspired to, the mm, rich, mm. rich, ritzy suburbs, uh, they loved their arseners. Which had three husbands. Yeah, oh God, yes. She, so she had, um, she collects names, she collects husbands, and mm. she collects later just spare children but we'll get to that uh, the first one was called lionel who mm-hmm. that's not really an aspirational name yeah but she, i imagine that she would have pronounced it lionel, lionel. <laughs> um and she, had, we, a, she we had a daughter did, as children mm-hmm. yeah you and i did have you know the oval the sports oval up the road was called lionel, lionel watts oval so it's not Maybe we're being unfair and just to us it's just associated with... Maybe. The smell of... Yeah, with sprinklers and liniment. No. Oh, sprinklers yeah. and liniment also sounds like a detective duo. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> Solving crimes in locker rooms. Yes. And gardens. Footprints in mud, our specialty. <laughs> um, yeah, so there was Lionel. And they, were, they intended to adopt a child from Bernardo's because mm. she had it in her head that she was the saviour of disadvantaged children. Mm. Not really. Mm. At this point, nobody knew that disadvantaged children were way better off with their original mothers than with Anne. Mm. Mm. But Anne, she wasn't having it. No. I think children would be better off with a, with a mastiff than, a, yeah. than Anne. With a, you a know, hungry one. With three dead flies on the windowsill yes. as a parent. That's perhaps. right. <laughs> Um, after Lionel came Michael, who yeah, was a, Lionel died. Yeah, he was married to her for a year in the mid sixties. So she might have had abandonment issues. Still no excuse. And he was a South African, and I'm only bringing that uh, up because I kind of like doing it. No, I, <laughs> I know have... Joe doesn't like accents <laughs> on this. I have a loose baseline policy of no accents on this oh that's tough but <laughs> with that level of skill can you say excuse me where can i park my impala <laughs> excuse me where can i park my impala <laughs> thank you that's all right <laughs> move on to husband number three tell me oh well michael oh, no, no, go on. the only good use michael was michael michael <laughs> was that he did a spot of gardening, professional right. gardening. Right. And he did some gardening round Queen's College at the University of Melbourne. Oh. So he was on Uru terms with quite a oh. few of the academics. Right. Because there was an academic in particular. There was. Raynor Johnson. Yes. Dr. Raynor Johnson, who He's... kind of looked like a severely dehydrated Colonel Sanders. Like if Colonel Sanders slept outside. Yes. Right. But very British originally and quite posh, but the kind of posh that you know comes with bad breath. But also in this in 1960s Melbourne, mm. people were mad for a posh academic, especially so one mad who for was it. just, you know, dabbling in a bit of spiritualism. Because what was it? Was he a professor of philosophy? Physics, of physics. Raynor. Oh, Johnson, physicist I've got. Right. Try uh, saying physicist with physicist. a mouthful of tripies. I hate it when physicists go rogue. I know. I know. But he'd been physicisting for so long that he started just <laughs> sort of looking. <laughs> he loved a good physicisting. <laughs> Sometimes when you've been physicisting, you're like, you just need something harder. <laughs> I knew you'd take it down. <laughs> That's what Raynor said. Um, but he was very into the occult. Yes. Do you, is it just me or does the occult feel like it is an old-fashioned word? Oh, yes. Yeah. But I don't know. What would you call it now? Oh. Dead air time? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, or just... I don't know. But it was the kind so as you said, yeah, sixties what? Chiropractic. Yeah. <sighs> settle, <laughs> settle in. Uh, so yeah, as you were saying, Melbourne in the sixties, it's kind of the cocked up canapes and a Ouija board. That's right. Put you on know, a fondue. In high society. A fondue and a bit of reincarnation. Mm. You've got a full house. Put your keys in the bowl at the front door. Have Tell us the name of your guru. So Anne 
could oh, see yeah. a few things because, I mean, without – no one would argue that she wasn't a massive social climber. She wanted yes. luxury and – Connection. Yes, and climbing. And she knew how to get – because she had this face and this just manner that made mm, people mm, – mm. that drew people to her and made them comfortable – and Raynor was great because he was rich. Mm. He was uh, well thought of in society. Mm. And he really had an obsession with the occult. And he probably, I mean, he probably liked a pretty lady. He was married, but. Um, yeah. I think his wife was sick and, and she just rocked up to his office and introduced herself. Knocked on his door because she'd been given a bit of an inside tip by Gardner husband, mm. right? Shelley's got her finger to the side of her nose. Which is... Oh, it makes... You can... Go. Oh, my God! <laughs> I just did it hard then. That's disgusting. Anyway. <laughs> Welcome. Um, yeah, so she just rocked up and, you know, and did the hello, sweetie, darling bizzo. <laughs> And he was... Classic. Textbook. He was enchanted, Joe. He called her something, you know, spiritually beautiful or something mm, like that. Mm, mm. Uh, Which and is I, just a posh way of saying... I've got a semi. I've got a woody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, I was trying to bait and switch, but no, you're on the same <laughs> no, track. I'm there. I'm yeah. there. Um, yeah, and, and he was in and he, he... She had little meetings as well as her yoga classes mm. and they'd talk about you know, the afterlife and and what it meant to be alive and, you know, how you could, you never really die and this sort of thing and exploring all these topics. But he, she, she'd heard rumours that his wife was sick mm. and so when mm. she did rock up on that first day, she read him, big inverted commas, yep. thanks yep. both inverted commas, uh, and predicted all this stuff about him that was true. Mm. But it's just, it's, I think she'd just been going through his waste bin. Yeah, and, you know... Cold readings are – some people can just do it. I should ring a little bell every time you um, talk about something you've investigated sceptically <laughs> in the past. But then it'd all be all ringing. That's right. All ringing all the time. That's right. Mm. They met in, I think, about 1961, something like that. In a time, at a time, in a place. And about two years later, after they'd been having these meetings, and her meetings attracted other people because it was like Rainer Johnson, mm, mm. I'll go and listen to him talk. Bit and of yoga, bit attracted. of stretching, bit of meditation, and, and a bit of talk like, about the afterlife. That's right. Mm. And a warm down. That's right. Of course, of course. Otherwise, you know. Mm. Yeah. You don't want to be sore. Oh, you don't, you don't want to strain. I know. You, you don't might. want to be sore after your physicisting. That's, that's right. You might crack a chakra. <laughs> I just feel like these are all people. They've probably all got shingles now. They just seem like the type. <laughs> um, and it was, they were right for the picking. So one of the, as you said, you know, the, the sort of middle-aged kids are moving out thing mm. and just looking for something. Looking for something a little bit, bit more, of salt and pepper. Because, of course, Fifty Shades of Grey hadn't been, hadn't been printed yet. So Good old house, days. Yes. Yeah, so... Yeah. Board housewives needed something to do. Mm, but mm. The, th- the first name of the group was the Great White Brotherhood of Initiates and Masters. Actually, I'm going to... The, before that, oh. though, because I thought they can't... She changed the name that many times. Mm. And the name... It was first just called the group, I think, which is not... Great imaginative. Really, really... No, it's yeah. not... Maybe recruit someone in marketing. the marketing team on. Um, and they met... They called the place that they met... Santinikitan, I think it's pronounced. Yes. I whisper it. Even my head, when mm. I'm just thinking it, whispers it because my brain isn't sure that even it's pronouncing mm. it correctly. Just, if you drop a spoon on the floor. Santinikitan. Yes. Santinikitan. That's what we're calling it. Um, and then the Great White Brotherhood of Initiates and Masters. Which could not sound more like an S&M chapter of the clan if it very, tried. Very, considering it's somebody who wears lovely wigs and frills, it's a little bit blokey. And it's a bit... Abrupt, yes. Mm. Well, not as abrupt as calling the break the Great White Brotherhood, yes. which was their next one, which is snappier, but still it's a bit oh, like that's if you if you don't want to think of yourself as a cult, don't call yourself a cult. Yes, name. and it doesn't feel very inclusive. No, might I? No, they're a decidedly unwoke group. Yes, mm. yes, um, and so it was eventually the family, which again. Yawn. Yep. 
but fairly appropriate given, you know, their collection. So people were willing to spend quite a lot of money on Anne, pay mm. her for her yoga classes yes. and for audiences and for donations. And there was a bit of tithing as well. Mm. So, you know, we'll, we'll clear all the past sins of your previous lives. She cherry-picked from a lot of different yes. religions. Little bit of Christianity, little bit of Buddhism. It was a little, little bit like a spiritual muesli. It was. <laughs> and all her theories started to make sense because she decided that everybody should also take LSD. The herb or the dream machine. Well, that's the van on Scooby-Doo. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> And we will get to more of the the jugs later. Mm, mm. But, but it, we've also got to put them in context because they were LSD was at the time approved for therapeutic use yes. for psychiatric patients. Yes. So at the same time, there was a lot of interest in LSD therapy and mm. electroconvulsive shock therapy. So they came mm, out at the mm, same time, mm. and it was the LSD in particular was seen as promoting feelings of spirituality and feeling close to whoever was around you at the time and having this real feeling of family mm. and connection with anyone that was around you and Anne was very clever at choosing her cult members mm. because a lot of them worked at yeah. New Haven at New Haven Psych Hospital mm. in Kew. Mm. So I think her her two key criteria for do, two different kinds of cult members mm. were, one, connected. Yes. So either by reputation or by job. You yes. Know, access to psych patients. Access and, to psych patients and babies. And babies. So in yep. maternity wards and things. Yep. Or uh, moneyed up and gullible. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Moneyed up and seeking. Yes. And type B funded lots and lots of properties. So they yeah. had a, um, a property at Fernie Creek. Mm-hmm. Isn't that nice? They had one in the cat schools in New Does, York. Yes. Doesn't Fernie Creek sound like an animated children's movie from the 90s? It does. Something with talking toads and small but lovable rodents. Yes. Yeah. And they had one in... Oh, they had one in Kent in England. Yes. And the really troublesome one... Uh, on Lake Eildon. Is that how you say I it? I think it's Eildon. Eildon. Yeah. It's... On the lake mm. uh, called Kai Lama, but nicknamed Uptop. 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 And Uptop, it sounds to me like a place where the Teletubbies go on holiday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Uptop. It reminds me a bit of the Hokey Pokey for some reason, and I hate the Hokey Pokey because I don't like anyone telling me what to do. <laughs> I really have some unresolved hokey pokey yeah. anger but i did when i learned the name oh, the nickname that's a t-shirt was, that is unresolved yeah, hokey, hokey pokey, pokey anger. anger good cool put, put it in the t-shirt list yeah. file um as soon as i heard the name up top i just thought well things were clearly going on up top right so oh yeah, yeah. mental illness um so and yeah. God, she loved the kids, didn't she? She did. She, she only had them. one of her own. What? Yeah. But she did like to make believe. A little bit. And she... Do you... Go. Do you reckon she didn't have any... Because I couldn't find a lot about this. And so there's no explanation why she only had one biological child of her own. And I don't know if that was because of reproductive issues or because she thought being an elegant lady... Mm. Uh, that she thought that actual childbirth was a bit mucky? I think she was just a bit up herself. <laughs> yeah, and didn't, and didn't want to get fat. Too posh to push. Yeah. Oh, fat, yeah, she was obsessed yeah, she was very with weight. Much, yeah, skinny was good in Anne's world. Yes. Having said that, she wanted, I don't know if she wanted to believe herself, but she certainly wanted everyone else to believe that she had had many, many pregnancies and many, many babies. And so she, you know, she wore smocks all the time and, and fake tummies and things. And she would fake pregnancies all the time and go into pretend labour and then, so, yeah. then new, new children would turn up. Just to recap, this is a society-obsessed yoga teacher who fakes pregnancies with pretend tummies. At the time, so you've got 
some LSD therapy and some electroconvulsive shock therapy. Mm, mm. But also at the time, there were quite a few forced ad- adoptions in Australia and New Zealand. Mm. And this is when, and it's greatly reduced as a practice now. There's a lot, there's been some legislation that's really made the rules a lot stricter now. But mm, mm. where there were mothers who had mental illness or substance addiction or were even just super poor Mm. and of course unwed younger mothers Mm. it was really quite easy to adopt their babies and quite difficult for them to object yeah and with all the connections she had so she would know somebody in a maternity hospital or uh, you know where they'd have mothers disadvantaged in one way or another and she'd giving birth and she, then they'd say hey and there's this babe, new baby born yeah so she would then or people from their psycho from new haven yeah. who were pregnant patients mm. there who were pregnant and so they'd be going and hey and to sign away yeah and then they'd have people fake people signing adoption papers and things and they were real people well, they, they were, were just real people. Yes, signing. They pretend yeah but what they would sometimes do is the Someone appointed by Anne to go and be a parent mm. would change their name temporarily to Anne Hamilton Byrne and sign their name Anne Hamilton Byrne on some of the papers and then not be Anne Hamilton Byrne anymore. That's so like was, lying. So it was like, it is very much like yeah. lying, but fancy. It is very fancy <laughs> lying. Mm. So the mothers would be just told, sorry, mm. uh, you're not fit. Mm. And Anne, who? it should be also said, was not fit, no. uh, would just go, hoink, mine, mine, yeah. mine. She was like a cat pissing on them. That's right. It's and just claiming ownership of everything. And she'd, you know, she'd have, try and pass off a lot of the kids as her own and she'd give them her own surname, which wasn't her own surname because she had other surnames. But she'd give the kids she wanted people to believe she'd given birth to, even though she was like 56 or something at the time. Mm. she would give them the Hamilton Byrne surname and then there were other adoptees who didn't have the name but I think there was a total of like 28 kids that she claimed to have over the time I think she had 14 adopted children but 28 were fostered at at, uh, Lake Eildon and some of them she would you know with some of the family cult members she'd go you and you you're not married anymore you marry him and here's a kid and bring it up yourself but one, and yeah, because that's the thing. Kids, Everyone just did what Anne said, yes, and if she said, "You guys aren't married. You are now married to this person," mm. they would just go, "Yep, okay," because yeah, it's cause, Jesus telling them, and because otherwise they're oh, not going to have. We'll get to we the will. Jesus thing. So yeah. let's put a, put a pin in Jesus. Yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> not the first. <laughs> You're saying Jesus is going to come back later? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and a lot of the kids especially the Hamilton Byrne ones mm. they they thought they were Anne's kids and that they were they related to Bill each other were, yeah and no, none of these kids were no but I just I mean just you look at her this skinny woman she's never worn tracky dacks in her life no. and I dare say never been so much as down to the shops without a slip that's right she's supposed to have popped out 14 or more children and oh. she doesn't even look tired god you'd hear the winded whistle through her wouldn't it <laughs> So to mm. recap, mm. fancy lady, mm. stealing children from unfit mothers, On your bringing them up as her own, sort of bringing them up as her own, or at least stealing them to be her own, mm. calling them, grouping them into clumps, uh, calling right. them twins and triplets and things. That's right. And as twins, you and I take great issue. Umbridge. We with, take umbridge. Umbridge with other people's, we take embryo umbridge. That's right. Embridge. Can't just call yourself a twin. No, we're special. That's right. The, she managed to get all these people to do all this bad stuff—forgery and stealing children and getting married to people they didn't want to and having babies when they didn't want to—because these people had, under LSD, been strongly influenced by Anne, and she would even have at her sermons and things that she used to have at Santinakin Sant. The Lodge. The Lodge. Uh, she'd have a little bit of a light show. A bit of dry ice. Mm. Or she would say, dry, dry ice. And also when people were going, undergoing the intensive LSD therapy at New Haven, she'd just pop by and lean over and pause for music. Does it have- 
she'd whisper in their ear, I am Jesus. I am Jesus. Or she'd probably say, ah, I am Jesus. And also a, a bit of a quiz too. Or what do you mean a quiz? Who is Jesus? Was it Anne? Was it Anne? It was. Anne it was. Jesus? Yes, oh, yes. They believed, she, but she believed she was Jesus. And yeah. then she'd just pop him a bit of acid. Suggesting to someone on LSD that you're Jesus is like saying, how about a kebab to someone Coming who's out of a pub. Cu- exactly. Yeah. Did I tell you about it? that amazing like marketing? Awesome idea. Near the place I used yeah. to live, outside the pub, the local kebab shop, just with the cheapest marketing ever, one piece of chalk, just wrote kebabs on the, on the pavement with an arrow towards their shop. Genius. I salute you, sir or madam. Well, maybe, are you listening, local Catholic church? Maybe you could just write Jesus with an arrow. But, that, but the thing is, at, if you followed the arrow outside the pub, you would find a kebab. I see what you're yes. saying. Yep. Yeah. Maybe. One's real. Kebabs are real. I think churches should sell kebabs then. Yes. <gasps> Genius. Yep. Genius. Yeah. Kebabs for Christ. Oh, that's the t-shirt. <laughs> kebabs for Christ. Yes. And you could instead of fellowship, you could have falafelship. <laughs> One of your disciples could still be Peter. <laughs> oh. I tell you what, I prefer what the kebab shop does with a vine leaf. I must say. What did what do Christians oh, do with vine leaves? They're fig leaves, aren't they? They're fig leaves. Yes. Oh, you'd want to rinse them. Actually, wouldn't you? no, you wouldn't want to buy a, a vine leaf if you have any suspicion that it's been rubbed up against someone's cock, would you? Look, there's no guarantees with anything <laughs> you buy. <laughs> right. I think we can get away from kebabs for Christ for a moment. All right. So this is Anne's deal with Jesus. The Jesus that we all know um, and are supposed to love from the Bible came to live, tried to do good deeds and teach people about, you know, the afterlife and all that sort of thing. But then he was persecuted and nailed up and, you know, the rest is... Inconvenient. Uh, But he was treated quite badly. Mm. So Anne's story is that she came back as Jesus, but, you know, if, if she'd come back as a man, if Jesus had come back with a man, mm. as a man, sorry, with a man, either one. that would yeah, be another story, wouldn't yes. it? Um, it would have made getting the same marriage thing, equality the same a lot The thing would have happened all over again. It'd be per- they'd go, there's that gaudy guy with a beard, let's get him, now we're going to do a cross again, and so on and so on. But Anne, so oh. Jesus went, next time I come back, I'm going to come back as a real pretty dolly ladybird. In Melbourne in the 70s. In Melbourne, yes. Well, if it's good enough for the sky hooks. That's right. And all I have to do to make people believe in me is adopt them falsely and drug them. That's right. And, and tell whisper. them when their birthdays are. And whisper. That's right. She's going to whisper that she's Jesus. Who is Jesus? I just love children. <laughs> um. So yeah, so the theory is if, she, if you come back without a beard, the chances of being persecuted are halved. The, like Tinder? I suppose. Yeah. No, didn't think that through. No. These children. Yes. They're... Look, Anne didn't really want children from anyone that wasn't white. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did have a bit of... It's, it's the clues there in the master race or... What was it called? The Great White Brotherhood. That's the clues there, isn't it? It's not. It's not really, really inclusive. It's not shrouded in mystery that that's where she was going. Yeah, and yeah. These children, she planned for them to be the master race when the apocalypse comes. So it's they're going to look after things and rule the world after the apocalypse. She didn't really yeah. go into a lot of detail with the apocalypse. No, because she's a coward. <laughs> they did have though. This is one of my things they had a saying that they would as a sort of a greeting sort of in the vein of blessed be the fruit yes that sort of thing and blessed they'd say day. they'd say walk on meaning after you're dead walk on into forever into the you know oh. to, and still be alive so they'd say that as a sort of a blessing walk on but every time i read that i can't help thinking of like that's what my cleaner English. used to say to me if i came home early and the floor was still wet <laughs> 
Walk no, on. To me, it's an it's an English farmer and his horse. Is it? Walk going, on. Walk on. I hope you have a really nice afterlife. Walk on. Yeah, that's right. Clydesdales and cult <laughs> members. Right. <laughs> Hoofing for Jesus. Uh, that's. Well, I did. I have called them in my book. Did you know that I wrote a book? Yes. Book Enjoy. called Zealot out early 2019. Uh, I referred to them as. Because she had the children in Lake Eildon, and there's rumours that uh, in her Catskills uh, estate in the US that she was working on, that she was planning on having a second like, mid, uh, sort of little family, mm. fake family. Uh, and I've called them Master Race to Apocalyptic Boogaloo. <laughs> I hope you're proud. Well done. Well thank done. you. Thank you. So if the Lake Eildon place was up top, up top, then I'm going to call that one. The download. The download. Yeah. Yeah. download. Mm. Now, mm. life for the kids. Oh, life in abbreviate, in what are those? Life inverted in commas. inverted commas. Thank you. First of all, and this, anytime you Google the family with enough caveats to not just bring up any family, the family cult, mm. you will see spooky ass children of the corn like photos of mm. rows of children they all look alike except one mm. and so most of them all the girls are dressed alike all the boys are dressed alike and all the the girls all have long hair tied back with ribbons and it's all dyed blonde and the boys all have these kind of blonde really bleached white bowl cuts mm. except for one and he looks almost exactly like a little kid dressed up as Roy Orbison for Halloween. It's hilarious. Why would does Roy Orbison dress up as for Halloween? <laughs> Doesn't matter to him. Um, I'll put a photo of, of that up mm, with, mm. with little Roy Orbison. Little Roy. But they did. So there is some. On the Facebook page. There is some footage and lots of photos available of the family. And they're all incredibly staged in, and all incredibly. We have such a lovely life here at Up Top. And we up love. Top. We love. And mummy and daddy. And there's Anna videos Bill. as well of yeah. them laughing and dancing and, and skipping. Frolicking. Frolicking and yes. being hugged by a very scary looking lady. Yes, yes. But yeah. And it's... that's because they were promised chocolates and things if they would play up to the camera so everyone could see what an idyllic life they mm. had and what a perfect mother Anne was. Mm. Mm. But children would do anything for chocolate when they're borderline starving. That's right. They'd have like a few pieces of fruit for breakfast. And they maybe have, one meal, one or two meals of just a small bowl of vegetables. Mm. And if you got your clothes dirty outside, playing outside, outside, uh, you might get in trouble and not eat for two days. You'd be punished with no food or beating with a wooden ruler or, or actually Anne's favourite weapon. Mm. It is said. Keeping with the evil but fabulous theme was a stiletto heel. So that's lovely. Oh, cute and stylish. Yes. Mm. Yes. Mm. Going to leave a mark? Probably, yes. Yeah. Um, and sometimes if, if they wet the bed, then like for like, because Anne was a bit of a fan of homeopathy as well. Oh. Uh, douse them with water and they'll, they'll sleep outside. Mm. A l their day looked like wake up early, do some yoga. Yes. Do some meditation. Be homeschooled. Listen to a lecture by Anne, usually recorded. Recorded. Uh, go outside for enforced play. Mm. And sometimes with a, there was a game, I think it was called Spaceball. I think that's what it's called. Not the movie with John Candy from the 1980s. Okay. But it would involve one person throwing the ball to another person in a circle. And End of it. story. Yes. <laughs> that's that, what what a great thing to look forward to after yoga and homeschooling. I know, you really know you've earned your space. Fun, mm. fun. Mm. And I wonder how many circuits you could do before the you know, the power of vegetables just runs out. Yeah. But then I I suppose if that's your playtime, you'd probably look forward to yes. another lecture. Uh and then cleaning the house. Mm. And then maybe a bit more yoga, a bit more meditation, and then bedtime. And and oh, by this time Anne had also married Bill, mm. Mm. Bill Byrne, and she did because he'd taken his son into New Haven for treatment for depression and addiction. And she thought, 
And Bill was married at the time and she thought, I'll have that. Mm. And he, he looks handsome and compliant. Yes. And, and he also had a British passport, which mm. was, came in handy. And uh, so he went, yep, I'll leave my wife. Let's get together. For this enchantress. And she and Bill liked to travel, so they'd be over, all, all over the place at their other properties. And so the children would be left with their massive inverted commas aunties. Mm. So these were basically female cult members who had been, who had adopted children as well on Anne's, mm. on Anne's command. And their job was pretty much just looking after the kids while Anne and Bill went traipsing all around the world. Including discipline. And Anne would sometimes Especially just ring discipline. up. And at those times, that was long distance. Mm. Mm. Uh, ring up and just go, give them a smack so I can hear. Yeah. Nice. nice. And um, if they, if anyone popped by to visit, you know, if they had workmen or anything, they had two options. One was they'd get locked in what was called the hole, mm. which was sort of a little crawl space. They just weren't very ina- imaginative they at naming weren't. things. Up top the hole. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what about the the naughty cave? I don't know. You're it's a parent. Pretty... Yeah. Great. Um, <laughs> I, d- I don't have... A crawl space where I put my children at home. That's true. It's not finished. That's true. <laughs> so yeah, the two options were: if somebody came by, they'd put all the all the children into the hole, mm-hmm. and tell them to shut the hell up. Yep. Or they'd ask them to act, and I'm. You can use the word; it's I, fine no. because it's the word she used. That's what I'm saying. In her words, retarded. Act retarded so, so that, that it looked like a, a special, special school. school rather than a specially cruel school or a mm, prison mm. Yeah. yeah but they were registered it was registered as a school mm. for homeschooling and the inspectors come around and they'd be all in their nice finery playing outside and yes no no and all the rules all the guidelines when she she and bill were away off overseas mm. came from a book called mummy's book Yes, there was also Nanny's Rules. Oh. Mm. Is, was she Nanny as well? I don't know, but I know there were two books. With I can't imagine that someone who liked to look as glamorous would want to be called Nanny. Maybe it was, well, it wouldn't have been her mother's things. Go outside, set your hair on fire, yeah, right. have a nice day. That's Nanny's <laughs> warm Rules. Warm down. Yeah. Warm down. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, I think you'd be pretty warm. Um, but one of the... So it was very easy to deal out punishment. If you had a book of rules, then you didn't have to do much to break those rules. No. And you'd get you know, they, terribly punished. And they'd sort of change at random throughout the day as well, the rules, I think. Mm. Oh, probably, yeah. And then, so not only did they use drugs to sort of initiate mm. people into the cult, you know, the, who's Jesus? Who's Jesus? Who's thing. Jesus? But um, also they'd, they'd hand out a few benzos and they called the moggies tranquilizers so mogadon danet valium to control the children's behavior all supplied by anne's contacts in healthcare. yes and there's so this makes me laugh because we've we know that um there's a a little bit of argy bargy Mm. or as some people might pronounce it orgy borgy (laughs) between i love this so much the family and scientology because as we may be aware it it wasn't sort of open but Scientology Scientology is fundamentally opposed to psychiatry and particularly the use of psychiatric drugs and most of the drugs that the family were pumping into their Mm. children were associated with and sourced from Mm. psychiatry so they're really at loggerheads there who do you think who would win a fight between Anne Hamilton Byrne and David Miscovich? So she's now in her 90s and she has dementia and she's in a nursing home. Yeah, but she's over five foot tall. So she's still got a good chance. Every five minutes. She could still totally take yeah. David Miscovich. Unless he decided to hug her because I still maintain that David Miscavige and Tom Cruise's hugs are some of the most aggressively violent things I've ever seen. Stop emailing, Tom. Because <laughs> drugs were seen as a way of erasing the sins of your past life and reaching enlightenment and you mm. don't want to just get caught in this reincarnation cycle you want to pop up to the higher level and finally mm. you know get to the heavenly bizzo uh, so when 
when the children got to 14, mm. and amazingly some of them did, the poor little frail, pale, weird-looking kids. Yeah. Uh, it was time for their LSD initiation. That's mm. when you become a grown-up. Uh, and she called it the ba- the, oh, the clearer the of clearings, souls. yeah. It just... Let's just pause for a minute just to remind ourselves that she's a bit of a bastard. Totally. Mm. Um, and the... So initiation would involve... I think these might have happened at New Haven as well. They'd go into New Haven, the, the psych hospital, mm. and, you know, have somebody fraudulently check them in as a patient so that they'd have access to these drugs. They'd be in a room for maybe two to three days mm. and get their, have LSD intravenous, intravenously. And then when that started to wear off, they'd get another shot and they'd be there for two to three days. Grish! Off their chops mm. at the age of 14 or 15. It's, it's not good parenting no, is what it is. And you don't... I mean, it's not a stiletto heel to the face, but it's horrendous. You it must have made... Yeah. Which, after a childhood of stiletto heels to the face, mm. a little bit of enforced acid might be a bit of a relief. But it's... Then, you know, stiletto heel injuries heal. I don't think, you know... Acid-induced psychosis no, is quite no. as... It doesn't form a scab and drop then off. Then you're old-fashioned. Yes. <laughs> right. uh, a kiss and a cuddle. Mm. It's all better. No. One, of the, one of the problems with children who had been given um, tranquilizers in their early life and LSD in their teens mm. was that they didn't... Their recall isn't great. So mm. their, later, their testimony wasn't very reliable mm. because mm. their brains were dog food yeah. by that time. And that's those who wanted to turn against the cult in the end when they, you know, eventually found out that they weren't Anne and Bill's kids yeah. and that there was a world outside where they lived. And that wasn't even their surname or their birthday. Yeah, and, and prob- and, or their name in mm. many cases. But the psychological dependence that they'd been brought up with... Because you go with what you know. Yeah, and... It, it, they were. They believed that Anne's way was the way to eternal life, and every other way of living was bad because they had no other way. What an asshole! Yeah, totes. So when we're talking, so we, some of these kids are in their teens at this point, mm. and do you know the problem with teenagers? <laughs> they smell a little bit. That's like it salt too. Yes, they're rebellious. They are. These are people, mm. they're having daily weigh-ins because Anne will not have fat children. She set them a goal too. Oh. So if they weighed a certain amount at one weigh-in, then she would, and it was too much for Anne's liking, she'd limit their food for the next week. And then, of course, if they weren't lighter by the time she weighed them again, they'd get some sort of punishment. Like Jenny Craig if it was evil. Right. Right. Like Nazi Jenny Craig. Nazi Jenny Craig, right. yes. Oh, so t-shirt. many T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is not affiliated with Jenny Craig in any way. Um, or Hitler, yeah, true. you know, to say. <laughs> Two of the children, mm. Sarah and Leanne. Sarah just got really argumentative and mm. started channeling, channeling, mm. challenging Anne mm. and her rules and Mummy's rules. They, uh, they also did a little... Um, they escaped one night. It was only ever meant to be temporary. They went, well, did a bit of a runner I think and visited other houses in the area and saw that they had food like biscuits. Like normal things, people. Things that they'd never seen before. Because I know, I think Sarah was asked to leave eventually, but Leanne just jumped out of a window mm-hmm. and went to the neighbours. Mm-hmm. But, but for a time they also, I'm jumping all around the place here, but though I think it was those two girls, Leanne and Sarah, got... Anne allowed them, she enrolled them in dance classes, mm. dance classes, dance. Uh, where they met other normal people and got to Don't, no, visit. No, where they met normal people, yeah. not other yes. normal people. <laughs> um, and they got to go and visit their houses and, and see how other families lived. It's like only five people live here? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so they did, they formed a connection with some outside people and that was the beginning of the end for them really because they could really see 
that things weren't quite right. Yeah. And also Anne was, although she was obsessed with little kids, by the time they were teenagers, she was sort of like, oh, they're a little bit hard now. Puberty's a, was, oh, pu- puberty's a messy business, isn't dirty, it? Dirty. Oh, dirty. Dirty, period. Yes, yes. Uh, and this is, a, this is 1987. So they're talking to the neighbours and the neighbours are going, oh, hey, let's maybe talk minute, to some yeah. social workers. Yes. And the social workers are, oh, let's talk to the police. Mm, mm. So Operation Forest was set up. Again, police, no better at naming no, things than, no, than the family. No. And... It was so frustrating because so much of what Hamilton Byrne did was really hard to prove from the outside. Mm. And they, I mean, even though they, I think the girls themselves had a, or a friend of theirs had a private investigator look into it. And a lot of people did, but access was so difficult. Mm. And because this it is out really in the sticks, what, yeah. this is really regional and mm. um, on a lake and a long distance between houses and they were very very paranoid the children thought that if anyone came to the house it was because they wanted to kill them yes and as a child that would be terrifying yeah so they did they hid in the hole or yeah and they, they didn't have an i mean from literally when they were born they had no life other than this so yeah. they they woke there they ate there they had school there they just didn't they weren't involved with anyone else so they had absolutely no if you wanted to find out anything about the way they lived until the two girls went to dance classes, you'd pretty much have to be in the cult. And it's, yeah, it was word of mouth. Not word of mouth, that's how you advertise things. <laughs> what do I mean? I don't know. You had to take their word for yes. it. Yes. It was their word against any anybody's. Know. Anyway, it was words. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so after the social workers went to the police, they went, okay, we need to raid this place. There's enough here. Yeah. There's enough stories here that we need to raid it and find out what's going on and what the truth mm, is. Mm. Sent them in and it was quite early in the morning, I think, and there wasn't much warning. So Yeah, it was like seven in the morning. They didn't knock. They just went in. Yeah, and they took and they got the six kids children out. away. Yeah. And that, that's when they started. So that, up to this point, it was only suspicion and you know it's a little bit of this of an odd group of people living in an odd house Mm. um but then when they started talking to the kids and it took a long time for the kids to open up as well yeah talking about how they'd been treated and particularly the 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 beatings and and i think they were quite open about it because it was all they knew Mm -hmm. so all the the nasty stuff started coming out but essentially, they only had the word of some messed up kids. Because they were, and they were drug addled. Mm. And they weren't, they weren't reliable witnesses. Yeah. And that's still something held on to strongly by existing cult members, mm. one of whom is just particularly yeah, gross. gross. And, you know, still madly in love with a 90-something-year-old cult leader. Gross. Ugh. And he, old people are gross. Well, yeah, but he also, this existing cult member is just, you know, he he doesn't think Anne has dementia. She's just on a different plane or something. Great, but he and some other existing cult members will still say that you know the kids, the cycle, the psychologists that the police use turned the kids against the cults, and that's why they're saying all these horrible things about beatings and and drugs and things or you know they just they got really up themselves with all the media attention so they started telling all these stories and they legitimately believed that Anne was helping disadvantaged children Mm, mm. that whatever she was doing was better than the life they could have nope and I (laughs) I'm not a media expert but I think that if you're after the limelight um and that's your only motivation for making up these stories then how do you explain the kids who've attempted suicide multiple that's times? That's the thing. There's faster, and... faster ways to get attention and money. You can just become a YouTube celebrity. That's right. Mm, mm. Yeah, it's that that simple. Uh, yeah, get into some unboxing. But that's... A, yeah. Mm. Yep. So after six years, they did get enough information to haul in Anne and Bill. Yeah, and I th- they found them in New York, I think. Yes, yep. and this was partly because ex-cult member Peter Kibbe 
who one of the reasons he joined is that because he had was because he had terrible OCD mm. and Anne had promised to heal him because mm. she had you know so many provable healing healing powers and such a great track record mm. and it's unfortunate for Anne that she couldn't he was a lawyer she couldn't as well no <laughs> uh, a lawyer uh, so he did a lot of the Organising for the mm. fraudulent signatures and the paperwork. And his for signature the was on fake adoptions. changes of names and adoptions. Yep. And yep. because he was OCD, he kept fastidious records. Mm. Fastidious, mm. Shelley. Mm. Mm. And so it was great that she didn't heal him because his evidence, his written evidence that you can rely on, because a forgery yeah, is a forgery yeah. forever, it doesn't get affected mm. by mm. LSD. They were able to get a warrant for Anne and Bill's arrest. Yeah. And Kibby also, he he ended up having, having a, a cute as hell name. Yes, I know. Kibby from Up Top. Kibby from Up Top. <laughs> he ended up having a really good relationship with the detective who was in charge of mm. Operation Forest. Um, partly because I, I can't even begin to imagine what it's like living with OCD. Mm. But having... Can't you? Really? <laughs> no. Come on. Having the ability to tell everything now, when especially when you've got the kind of personality that is high anxiety. Mm. To not Just have being, to keep secrets. Yeah. Mm. And to have somebody who's not making any promises that they can't keep to you, that... That can really... It would be a relief. Having someone you can trust after all those years. Yes. Mm. So, yes, yeah, so the records that he kept provided, as you said, solid proof that there were some dodgy adoptions that and passports had been forged. Yes. Um, but the downside of that, or in Anne's word, the, the downside, downside was that... The evidence for the really horrible stuff, the stuff you want and to, let's be frank, burn in hell for. Yeah, so child abuse, drug, drug kids, administration. Stealing kids from mentally ill people. Yes. Could not be not prosecuted. Prove, yeah. They could only get them on a forgery and fraudulent something or yes. other charge and they ended up being fined $5,000. $5,000. The, I mean, the worst punishment she got was that FBI agent knocking on her door and not letting her gussy up I before know. being dragged away in handcuffs. Understandably, the kids who were scarred for life up top. Most of them. And had, you know, scars from stiletto heels and wooden canes and trauma from being dunked in the bucket of water. Yep, and garbage constitutions due to extremely low nutrition for most of yeah. their lives they were a little bit dirty about... they're not they're not super happy about the fact mm, that mm. the bitch that ruined their lives didn't get her comeuppance yeah, yeah mind you it depends on what you call comeuppance because she is now in palliative care she could die any day really mm. she's in her mid-90s and she doesn't make any sense her brain is mush and she clings onto a baby doll most of the time mm. but she has never, ever accepted any culpability, no. no remorse, nothing. Yeah. So I've never met her, but I think she's an utter bitch. I, yep. She's human garbage. Yeah. But you were saying to me the other day mm. that um, you do find yourself, when you read about, and it's not just Anne Hamilton, but it's other cult leaders. Yeah. You can go, oh, she's all right. I can understand a point of view. She makes a couple of great points. <laughs> she was just, she just wanted She's to be misunderstood. Right. And it's not true. No, but it shows you that the power of someone to to charm you and yes. lure you in. And you can imagine, like, you know, I read about how beautiful she was and how endearing and and the magnetism she had. And I kept going... <laughs> She wouldn't fool me for a second. She, the but linen, you know what? The brushed linen just draped off her. <laughs> Didn't it, though? It's all cheekbones. But she would. She would get you. Yeah. Yeah. What an ass. Not fair. Totally. You got any random facts? I do. Random, random, random facts. I'm talking random facts. I'm talking random facts about cults and that. Colts and that. That is the most perfect thing I've ever heard. 
I have one, and it's many, many people, partly because of the terrible blonde hair cut and the right him being the right age, think that Julian Assange was um, was one of the kids in the family. For the record, he wasn't. No. I think his stepfather was loosely linked to them. I think he'd gone to some of their meetings and stuff, but not. At, I don't think it was at the time that he was living with Julian and his mum or anything. He, there's a very loose connection, but Julian Assange was not one of the bleach blonde kids. He yeah, just kind of stole their look. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. People mm. want to believe that he's he was part of the family because that might go some way to explain why he's such a hot mess. Yeah, and why he likes being cooped up, yeah, perhaps, <laughs> in embassies and stuff. That's right, yes. Oh, and apparently quite smelly, but that's just a rumour. Well, I can't believe it with someone who's so into the dark web. <laughs> One of the rules you had to follow if you're in the family cult is you had to have a blue room in your house. Or if you couldn't do a whole room... Just a corner of the room. Oh, was this a little bit of a mini shrine? Yes. To Anne? So you had to have a photo of Anne there, and she would, she had like Kim Jong Un's haircuts. There would be only a limited selection of photos you could use. Right. And it had to be painted blue, with no uh, no natural light getting in. Um, what well, ages you? You see. <laughs> That's mm. right. Mm. Yes. Don't want wrinkles. No, no, because you still want to be having babies at age 64. Sometimes she'd sign her name Anne Hamilton, sometimes Fiona MacDonald. <laughs> Australians may know her as one of the co-hosts of Hey Hey It's Saturday. Oh, no, that was Jackie MacDonald. Oh, Fiona MacDonald was dumb the where co- you come from. <laughs> Fiona MacDonald was the co-host of It's a Knockout. Oh! Yeah. And sometimes Michelle Sutherland. Bless. I'm sure her penmanship was gorgeous. Gorgeous, though. very coyly. Mm. Uh, Anne kept an ice tray for people who oh, wronged yes. her. And she'd write their names on a slip of paper and freeze them in the, in the freezer. One of my ex-housemates used to do that, the one that stole medication and drank it with red wine. Uh, and I don't think it worked. No, no. But okay, just imagine having friends over for a bit of a dinner party and go oh, oh like a bit of scotch on the rocks oh no not the cursed ice yep cubes. sorry i meant to give you an ice cube i gave you marilyn oops uh <laughs> but that's such a high school basic bitch thing to do it is or it's it's like you know witches binding somebody or something just pathetic like, yeah light as a feather stiff as a board <laughs> um oh the children's oh. motto was unseen unheard unknown so it's a bit of a shame that we're talking about them and we've seen photos of them and we know about yeah. them. Yeah. A lot there's a lot of really good information in the documentary and accompanying book by Rosie Jones and Chris Johnston. Yeah, that's uh, where Australian I got a lot of mind Australian documentary too. makers and they've just oh they've lived yeah. this cult for a long time. Um one of the cult members who then left, he did a bit of a pamphlet campaign. Um, so effective on, in so many cases. <laughs> yeah. But it was basically a checklist of things that make something a cult and he sent this checklist to cult members um, to sort of go, is this the way Anne treats you? Yep, well, you're in a cult. And you oh, right. A, oh, so it was a good one. Yes. Yeah. And so he got a, a scathing letter back from someone in the cult, but not a letter. A letter, I know. Um, clearly, you know, dictated and sanctioned by... Mm. Anne, basically saying, you know, you're a piece of shit, etc. A bit, dear sir, you're a piece of shit, etc. <laughs> Signed. But in response, he went into a paddock and he got some cow poo and he put it in an envelope and he sent it back with a little note saying, next time you want to send someone bullshit, send them the real thing. That's fantastic. And they left him alone. So cult members and those that are besieged by bullies no actually no don't just ignore them if you want your ex-cult to leave you alone just send them some poo yes maybe not if you've got a parking ticket though like don't send the police oh no 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 no. No. always be nice to the police i think we're nearly at the end i think so do we want to put a bet on as to because if she was a nice person we wouldn't do this but she's a horrible horrible bitch so I want to guess that Anne Hamilton Byrne dies in 
September this year. Oh, I I thought she was going to pop off a few years ago. Yeah. Um, I reckon she's going to walk on. <laughs> Maybe end of two thousand and nineteen. Wow! But hopefully, you know, in a in a puddle of her own filth, that'd be nice. It's not. I don't say that about many people. No, I'm not sure she's not sitting around in a puddle of her own muck right now. Mm. Mm, it's mm. nice to think of, isn't it? everyone be nice to your children yes and thank you very much for talking about the family my family you're welcome my family and we sound like we're in a cult Mm. Mm. so without much further ado i'd just like to say all of them had hair of gold just like their mother join a cult You've been listening to Zealot, produced by me, Joe Thornley, in a floral bonnet. My co-host for this episode was Shelley Stocken, an extremely pretty lady. Further reading and pictures of a young Roy Orbison can be found on the Zealot Facebook page, and music is by the Everglades, the human equivalent of a bunning sausage sizzle. Tss, cult.